You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. A couple of days ago, my 10-year-old son, Niall, comes and asks me a question. Now, you guys that know Niall, you know he's, he's prone to just about to say or ask anything. And a part of that is due to him being autistic. Um, and he, but he's brilliant. But he also just, his mind works in these, these strange and mysterious ways. And he comes and he asks me this question. Dad, what would happen if a shark could breathe air and had laser eyes? <laughs> yes, you heard it right. What would happen if a shark could breathe air and had laser eyes? And so we talked a few minutes about that and, and just kind of discussed it about, you know, discussed a shark being able to breathe air and be, be a land animal and what laser eyes would do and stuff. But ultimately, this is one of those questions I just couldn't answer, right? You just, you can have some ideas, you can have some theories, but you just can't answer what it would be like for a shark to be able to breathe oxygen out, out of the air instead of the water and have laser eyes. <laughs> So, so there's questions we just can't find the answer to, right? Like, what is a question you just can't seem to find the answer to? We all have questions. Is, is there a God? Does heaven and hell exist? What, what happens if I set the alarm on my phone, but then I put it on do not disturb? That's a tricky one, right? What does the fox say? That's, that's a big question. <laughs> my boys hate that song because I love it so much. We envision Awakened Church to be where you can belong regardless of what questions you have. And so we've asked for real questions from real people, and we're spending some time addressing those questions on our Sundays together. So we believe that seeking answers to our questions about faith, God, and life lead us to renew our hearts and minds to become more like Jesus. So here's today's questions. How do I know God's plan for my life, and how do I develop a healthy prayer life? So we're going to go to Psalm 37 and read a passage from this ancient psalm to help us understand a little more. Now, a psalm is like a song or a poem. It's a poem put to music, so it's kind of like a song, right? It's used in ancient times of, of worshiping God and encouraging people. So that's like why this was written down in the first place. The people would, would, would sing these words to each other to worship God and to encourage each other as they came together. So here's Psalm 37. Don't worry about the wicked. Or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people uh, who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. So we're going to pause there. Just those first seven verses of Psalm 37. And as we go in a little bit deeper with this big idea, discovering God's plan for your life isn't a formula, but a relationship. When we, and we're going to incorporate prayer into this too. And so when we talk about how do I know God's plan for my life? How do I develop a healthy prayer life? Understand this. Discovering God's plan for your life isn't a formula, but a relationship. So we don't answer these questions with a formula, but, but some thoughts on how to have and grow a healthy relationship with God. First of all, here's the first, and it's not really a formula. Again, it's kind of a step. It's kind of a part of the process. And, and, and the way I want to put it is do as God does. How do I know God's plan for my life? Well, you start by doing as do good as God does. 
Do good as God does. There was um, a man a while back. I remember we were at, we were at Burger King, and I'll, I'll remember this story because I've told it a few times. And there was this group of like six to seven girls. They're all uh, like like they're all like in that age group of like first grade, also like seven year olds. And they're at Burger King. And there's a birthday. It's a birthday party. And they're all sitting down at this table in a circle, and they're giggling, and they're laughing. And the little girl whose birthday it is, and you know it's her birthday because she's wearing a crown. And I'm not talking about the Burger King crown. She's a princess crown. And everybody's making over her. It's her birthday. And she's like, sit down. I'm going to tell your fortune. And she would take her friend's hand, and she would say, "Uh, I see in your future. And she would give them like an answer. And it goes on and on. And uh, it, it, like she went around all the girls. She went to all the girls that were at this little table. Six, There's like six or seven of these girls. And she says, I'll tell your future. I see in your future. And then it would say something. And then this, this friend of hers said, okay, okay, it's my turn. Let me tell your future. And she says, no, no, no. I'm going to tell my own fortune. And she holds her own hand. And she says, I see in my future. And names, you know, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like that's how many people approach life? Like I'm, God says, I have a plan for your life, but but we say no. I, I'm going to tell my own fortune. I, I've got. I'm going to. I'm going to tell my own fortune. I'm going to tell my own future here. So the psalm begins. Don't worry about the wicked. This doesn't mean don't care about injustice in the world. It does not mean that. This is about what you do or don't do. This is not about the injustice in the world. It's about what you do or don't do. The point is, don't try to achieve prosperity through the sinful ways of the wicked. Don't depend on those ways, greed, deceit, revenge, slander, gossip, but trust in God. Depend on Him and do good. Now, depending on God means that we trust Him to continue to do good, and we don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Continue to do good. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. And this is where we're discovering God's plan for your life starts. Stop comparing yourself to others. And trust God to do what is right. You want to discover God's plan for your life? Stop comparing yourself to others, okay? And just seek God's direction. So to trust in God means to have a faith that will always be there. And all that, that's a challenge. But, he, but, but, but God will always be there. That's it. To have a faith in him that he will always be there. He will be there in times of trouble. He will be there in, to, to lean on when your spirit and your body is weak. God will be solid ground to stand on when the earth beneath you gives way. I've been there. I've been in places where like the earth beneath me gave way. That's, how, that's what it felt like. And yet I realized God was there. So the thing we have to realize about God is, is that you can really trust God. You can trust God that, that God is present. Okay, that's, that's the first thing. You can trust that God is present. He is with you. He is not elsewhere. He is not way up high in the sky. He is with you. You can trust that God is indeed good. You can trust this. I know there's a lot of people, naysayers and stuff that have things to say about, you know, some of the ancient words we find in scripture, some of the ancient narrative and stuff. And it's, you know, I get, I know it's, it's difficult. I, we, we confess that it's difficult to, to grasp some of that, but yet we come at this and we realize that God is indeed good. We know this God and we can trust that God truly does love you. You can trust this no matter how you feel or how others treat you or how you feel like you've been treated or how you see yourself, you can trust that God truly does love you. Trust in the Lord. See, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will direct your paths. 
See, this is this is like how do how do you how do you know God's will for your life? You have to start with this. You have to be trusting God with all your heart. So discovering God's plan for your life, it's not a formula, but a relationship. And this relationship is a relationship where God delights in you and you delight in God. That would be the next piece of the of the of the puzzle, so to speak. Delight in God. You want to know God's will for your life? You want to know the plan for your life? You want to you want to begin to like, how do I have an effective prayer life? Delight yourself in God. There's different things that, that I find delight in. You and you could like you know close your eyes and think about the things that you you delight in. Where do you where do you find the delight in your life? I find I find delight in the beach. There's there's no question. I love the beach. I love the ocean. I love being on on a beach. It's just it's not just like I prefer not to just do it once every few years for a vacation, but to live there absolutely I would because I just delight in the beach. I delight in my family. Shelly and the boys, I mean, they are, they are my, they are my, they're my delight. I delight in being a daddy. Even the, the tough times and the rough times and the, the noisy times and the annoying times of being a husband and a father. But I still delight in my family. And I delight, I delight in worship. I delight in worship with this church family. I delight to come together with God's people, Jesus' people, who are, who are on the journey, who are seeking to grow and become more like Jesus. I delight in this when we come together and we worship. Where do you delight in God? Verse 4, it's huge to these questions. It says, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, now, what does delight mean? What does it mean to delight in God? So this is originally written in Hebrew, and the Hebrew word that translates as delight is onag. Onag, meaning, meaning to be moldable. Get that? Delight yourself means to be moldable. So the way of Jesus is delighting in him. You allow him to mold your life with his word. You allow him to mold your life with the beauty of creation. And most importantly, you allow him to mold your life with the salvation that God provides for us by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross and the power of the resurrection. Jesus saves and Jesus makes new. What could be more delightful than this? I believe when we delight in God, he does give us the desires of our hearts, our moldable hearts, being shaped moment by moment, God's desires becoming our desires. When we begin to see life in the light of the cross and the resurrection, we start to see things as God sees them. His dreams become our dreams, okay? We're not asking God to to, to, to agree with our dreams, His dreams become our dreams. God gives you the desires of your heart when they line up with God's desire for your life. And God's desires become yours. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey Him and power to do what pleases Him. How do you delight in God? Well, God's at work in you, giving you the desire and the power and the strength to do this. So we delight in God. And then we, we also devote everything to God. Devote everything to God. How do I know God's plan for my life? Or what are you holding back? How do I grow my prayer life? What are you you not devoting to God? Devote everything. Devote your life to God. See, Jesus is the subject. That's that's more than a catchphrase for us. It's a statement of devotion. That that we're bringing everything subject to Jesus. Jesus is the subject, so everything else is subject to Jesus. That's what we're saying here. What is the hardest thing for you to devote to God? What is the hardest thing for you to bring under subject to Jesus? Because that's the place 
where God wants to meet you and show you, man, I'm God, not, not this, not this thing, not this place, not this person, but me. Verse 5 says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make you shine. I love that. So it says commit. Commit everything you do. This word commit, it's interesting in the Hebrew language, the word that translates to commit in English is galal. And galal means to be rolled in blood. Ugh, right? Rolled in blood. The, the commit means rolled in blood. This is this is covenant language. It refers to a commitment that means a sold out, all in, completely covered by. This means your heart and all the desires of your heart are rolled in the blood of a sold out, all in, completely covered commitment to Jesus in his way. In order for us to commit to the Lord, we must be covered by, and in a spiritual sense, rolled in the blood of Jesus. St. Augustine is quoted as saying, Love God and do as you please. <laughs> I had a lot of conversations about that phrase over the years. He didn't mean that as long as I say I love God, I can do whatever I want and God's okay with it. That's not what he meant. That's not what it means. When I genuinely love God, I want to do what honors God. I want to lift God up with my life, with my words, and with my actions. Devotion to God changes my want to. Jesus said, John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, obey my commandments. When I love, that's, that's devotion. He says, that's devotion. When I love God, his desires become my desires and his plans become my plans. What pleases me and what pleases God become one and the same so that you can love God and do as you please. Because you're, you're going to do as God directs you. See, see, discovering God's plan for your life isn't a formula, but a relationship. And it's a relationship of drawing closer. And so really to kind of bring this, to bring this home, put it in perspective, how do I know God's plan for my life? How do I, how do I grow my prayer life? Draw close to God. Yeah, but what does that look like? You, look, guys, I mean, I, I, I'm a person who prays all the time. I'm not saying I like pray 24-7, but I'm saying like I, I, I pray daily. I pray before meals. Our family prays together before bedtime. I pray in the morning when I get up. I pray for direction. I pray I pray for other people. But, you know, it's like, you know, I have times of prayer through uh, every day. But I set aside time on my calendar every week to get alone, be quiet, and get in God's face just to draw close to God. It's a time where I just like sometimes just be still and let everything just go silent in my brain, in my mind, and all around me, and in my heart, and in my soul. And just let the Spirit and the presence of God draw close. See, this is an important part of my job as a pastor, but to draw close to God. But but it's draw but drawing close to God is just as important no matter what your job is. So do, do you set aside prayer time to feed your soul? Verse 7 says, be still in God's presence and wait patiently for him to act. We've seen these two phrases before, right? Be still and wait patiently. If we've read, if we read scripture for a while, and, and here we have, and at least, at least a lot of us have, be still and wait patiently. We're used to these phrases. Be still means to stop, to delay. Literally, it means be silent, ultimately to rest rest. God, God knows that we could potentially wear ourselves out trying to rush our dreams into reality. So he gives us this command, not a suggestion, over and over in scripture, be still. Silence. I mean, it, it, it means our brains are spinning and our hearts are pounding. We're breathless and reaching exhaustion. And we tell ourselves, hush and enjoy the silence.
The phrase, wait patiently, in Hebrew, it's, it's actually a word, kavah. Kavah, it means to bind yourself to God and expect God to act. Wait patiently. Wait patiently means bind yourself to God and expect God to act. So when I wait, I wait with purpose and I trust God's plans. It's, it's when I wait patiently on the Lord that it becomes clearer and clearer that God, what, what God's desires are and what his plans are, what his plans are for me. And when my plans and, and God seems world apart, I have to be still and know God. When my plans and God's plans seems worlds apart, I have to be still and know God. And here's the best thing about all of God's plans. <laughs> Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And the people who are hearing this were not being told everything's okay. They're being told, stay in the mess you're in because I've got a plan. So how do I know God's plan for my life? How do I develop an effective prayer life? The here to do good as God does. Delight yourself in God. Devote everything to God and draw close to God. This isn't a formula. It's a lifestyle of someone who is seeking to grow spiritually. Prayer isn't asking God for stuff, but spending time with Jesus, asking him what he cares about. You can't develop a healthy prayer life out of a sense of duty, like good, good Christians are supposed to pray. Well, you can't develop a healthy prayer life because you're supposed to. Prayer, prayer is, it's, it's got to come from a desire in your heart to draw close to God, and prayer is intentionally drawing close to God. That's like, that's just, for me, that's what prayer is. Intentionally drawing close to God, resting in His presence, and then living out what He shows you. It helps, it helps some people to keep a prayer journal, and if that would help you, do it. Uh, it helps some people have a prayer partner. I would highly recommend have have at least one person in your life who you can trust to pray with you and for you, no matter what the the the, the stuff is. Okay, someone that you can that maybe even accountability and prayer, but have someone. Okay, that that's that's something that that I would say that most of us, and not all of us, need. And it's, and it's good, man. To, how, how could you develop a good prayer, a great prayer life? Is to have what's always been called a prayer closet. And I'm not saying you have to go into a, a closet, but have a specific place that you set aside regularly to meet with God. Like have have your spot, have your place, have your uh, uh, prayer closet. Is a great way to put it because it, it, you need to be like it needs to be a, a, you know sacred time for just time and place just for you and God. But there is no formula. So, so find a way or a method that works in your life, and, and you're growing spiritually, and you're becoming more and more your true self. And, and do that, okay? Do that. Discovering God's plan for your life, again, not a formula, but a relationship. So here's some next steps. And this, this could be kind of formulaic. I get that. But these, these are things that could help you like enter into and develop this relationship. Start a prayer journal. Find a prayer partner. And discover your own prayer closet. Father, we love you, and we thank you that we have the, this this privilege and honor this 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 prayer that we can come and intentionally, Lord, draw close to you.
And Lord, that's what I want us to do is right now in this moment, because Lord, we want to know your will for our lives. We want to know the plans you have for us. But Lord, we also understand that, that we're not going to know all those things in advance, that we have to trust you and walk with you and draw close to you and devote ourselves to you. And Lord, so many times we're like, I just wish I knew what God's plan was for my life, but we're not even trying to walk with you and become more like you, Jesus. And so Lord, we want to repent of that and turn to you and become more like you day by day. And as we do, we know your plan is going to be revealed and lived out in us because ultimately your plan is for us is to is to become more like you. And so, Lord, that is our desire. So help us to grow in our prayer lives, to grow a prayer life, to become a people of prayer. And help us, Lord, to be able to trust you and let you give us your plans. Let those plans become ours. Because, Lord, our desire is not and never will be to make a plan and ask you to bless it. But, Lord, would you guide us into where you're blessing? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.